Can we disrobe during this interview? No. Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, I was just wondering, just you know, if the moment hits us, you know. <laughs> I ain't taking shit off today. <laughs> yeah, we might hold it against you for ten years from now. Welcome to the Madonna Get Together. I am your host, Wayne. And for this episode, I wanted to invite some friends over from another podcast that you all should know for a podcast crossover event. MOVC, the Madonna podcast, just wrapped up their fourth season and have had a who's who of guests who have worked with Madonna, including almost all of the dancers for Blonde Ambition Tour, almost all of the dancers from The Girly Show, including beloved background singers Donna DeLore and Nikki Harris, multiple other dancers from various other tours, producers, authors, illustrators, choreographer Vincent Patterson, director James Foley, and most recently the original lineup from The Breakfast Club, including a separate episode featuring Stephen Bray. Oh my goodness, it is an honor. Welcome to the show, the host of MOVC, the Madonna podcast, Stefan, Tony, and Liberty. Stefan is an accomplished photographer and has been close to Madonna a multitude of various performances and appearances, including the unapologetic bitch at the Rebel Heart Tour and the side beer bitch from the Madame X show. <laughs> Tony, one of the OG MOVC hosts, ride or die for Madonna, who has been burning up for her since he first heard Borderline on the radio in 1983, who admires and adores Madonna's artistry and work ethic. And we also have Liberty, who in addition to having Madonna's other dream job as a school teacher, is a musician who has been tutored in guitar by none other than Madonna's longtime guitarist, Monty Pittman, and has recorded a Madonna EP available on Spotify called Under the Covers. Not to mention contributions of Madonna covers to various episodes of MLVC, and most importantly, the theme song to the MLVC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, step right up. The greatest show on earth is about to begin. Mesdames and messieurs, je suis... Ah, you're going to have to correct me on this, Liberty. Je suis prête, vous êtes prête aussi. Oui. MLVC. MLVC. <laughs> the Madonna podcast. How are you guys doing? Did you listen to the You Can Dance edit album? Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Liberty did not. She, she also was, didn't she, listen to the rain. She was too busy <laughs> listening to Lourdes's album. Yeah, oh, I've been yeah. Uh, addicted to pussy, so you know, uh. I've been a little busy. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I've been on a little bit of a country. I, please don't hurt me, children. Um, no. I like I, I like this one artist called Ryan Bingham right now. I'm very interested in sort of a country sound, and I'm it's inspiring me. But uh, I'll always come back to Madonna, so don't you worry, children. A prelude to some new music. Hopefully, yes. I'm in the mood. Nice. Yes. A country Madonna cover. Oh, dear Daddy is on deck. Yes. Ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I'm loving this seven-inch edit of Spotlight, which we haven't heard since it was yes. on the radio in 1987, and it just it hits just like it did. And it was, I guess, it must have been a promo only because um, I don't remember having a having it as a single, having it digitally, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's this is the first time it's been commercially available, so it's exciting to get something new, even if it's something that you know has kind of circulated around. 
through bootlegs and online and stuff, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's exciting when Madonna gives recognition to her work. And to me, this is just an acknowledgement of that. So I love it. Yeah. We had a nasty comment from somebody saying, I don't understand why we needed this. No one asked for this. And I thought I I did. I, I, I never turned down a Madonna release, especially when it includes that amazing version of over and over with that thumping bump, 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 bump. It's such, it's such a good open. I love that. I love that version. And also the version of where's the party because where's the party should have been a single. And here is this edit that could have played on the radio nonstop in the summer of 87, I would say. Absolutely. Um, well, I, want to acknowledge you know the colorado springs shooting i think it's um very important i just don't want people to think you know it's it's something that we as the community gloss over or the fact that you know um another shooting in america so it's you know my heart goes out to all the victims and their families it's it's really just devastating to you know wake up yesterday to that news yeah, yeah, I no, agree. it's really tough, and you know, I, I, I accidentally watched the God Control video last night, and it made me cry because this is like, you know, this is a piece of art that's kind of like, you know, it's a commentary on what was happening in the world in 2019, mm-hmm. and here it is, as prescient as it ever was. I wish it weren't, you know, mm-hmm. I really wish it weren't. Yeah, and unfortunately, it just keeps happening. But on to lighter and better news. I, I do want to appreciate you guys for, for appearing on the show today. Uh, I know that you guys have been doing this for a while now, and I really just want to hear from you guys about you know your podcast journey, your fan journey too. So I want to start with that. So I'd like for each of you to tell me your fan journey. Like, how did you get into Madonna? Lady Liberty? Sure. I'll give you a little bit of a rundown because I feel like it's it's a short story and it's just me as a little girl. I hear, um, I want to say Lucky Star probably on the radio and I think we had, I think we were at Kmart. Maybe we'd heard it on the way to the mall. We'd gone to Kmart my, and I saw the, uh, I saw the cassette and I begged my mom, please, 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 I want this cassette the self-titled cassette and um she obliged and I think it was really at that point right where I was like you know I knew I was a fan just right away but um waxes and wanes you know a little bit over my childhood until probably when I was about 13 when I really realized like that was 1990 you know sort of a pinnacle I guess as far as a Madonna career and and my grandfather let me watch the blonde ambition tour uh on his on his tv because he had hbo and uh, he excused himself after the third or fourth uh <laughs> fuck but uh, i he let me watch the whole thing and it was like i need to, i need to be that when i grow up like that that power that um i don't know it's just this it's femininity but with such a punch that um i just that was just my idol that was it the end yeah. <laughs> i was sold amazing stefan uh i think i've said this on on uh, mlvc a couple times i we i was i think it was a fifth grade birthday party and the entertainment was the instead of uh, the parents had all rallied together so that way we wouldn't do a kissing game and so they they forced us to watch uh 
Madonna's uh, Virgin tour on Betamax. And mm. uh, the moment she came down the stairs and started singing Dress You Up, I was sucker punched. And it's been love at first sight ever. It was an impressive instant. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I've been unable to to let go. And then, yeah, like Liberty said, you know, 1990, it was like pinnacle Madonna. Mm-hmm. And I think Vogue just was inside my soul and my mm-hmm. body and I could not let go and I've loved her ever since. And you've been voguing ever since. Yes. He has. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's amazing that um parents decided to show five year olds uh the virgin tour. Because we don't want them we to were, kiss. No, so... fifth grade. Right. Fifth grade, you're what? Oh, 10, you said twelve. Sorry. Uh still I think that's that's fairly young. She wasn't quite as sexual. In yeah, Virgin that's Tour. the target audience, right? Yes. Yeah, was it? and I, yeah, I was gonna say at that time, I feel like the Virgin Tour was, you know, a little. It was still PG enough that totally. And yeah. and and there was the parents were still sort of cool with it, right? Like, oh, this yeah. is what the kids are liking these days. We'll just yeah. you know let the kids watch it. And yeah, I think the title of the tour was the most controversial thing about yeah. the show other than that true everything she was doing was just sort of like 80s dance moves yeah and, and the, the virgin tour basically inspired a whole generation of girls to dress a certain way when they went to the mall and that was squarely where they were focusing on it's like you know this teenage girl market yeah the madonna wannabes yeah mm-hmm. madonna land at macy's mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah well tony how about you what well, what is um, your fan journey? Yeah, just it started in 1983. I remember driving and being in my mother's car, hearing Borderline on the radio, and really just like resonating with me. And then I started to notice Madonna on MTV because I watched it every day. But you know, going back to what we were just saying, I felt like Madonna was for girls, and this was a time when it was like very heavy metal or pop music. And in my friend group, and you know where I grew up. It was like, all right, heavy metal. And when, especially True Blue was very girl-centric. So then when Like a Prayer comes out, I realize, wow, this is for me. Like, this is not for girls. This is not for whoever. Like, this is made for me. And that's when I started to kind of reconcile with my sexuality. And then 1990, and boom, it all just exploded. And I've never looked back. And um, I loved going back and looking at, the early years of Madonna because I was kind of like living it peripherally, but not, you know, not acting it out. Obviously I, you know, wasn't going to uh, Madonna land at Macy's, <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately, but yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, Madonna became very important to me as Stefan and Liberty will agree with, you know, the erotica phase as well, you know, kind of helped us grow up with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I always love to hear when people got into Madonna and, you know, how it evolved from there. And yeah. I always, it's always, well, especially people like around our age, it's always around like Blonde Ambition Tour, like a prayer where it's, it's like that, that turning point in our lives where we're like, yeah, this, this is for me. Mm-hmm. So it's really exciting to hear you guys say that. Yeah. I think for me, the very first time I heard Madonna was, was that show the Vir- the Virgin Tour DVD? But then, I think the very next thing I heard was like, "Who's that girl?" And "Who's that girl?" made me 
I got the soundtrack, I saw the movie, and then I realized there were other albums that I didn't even know existed. And so that was the one and only time that I was able to actually binge Madonna Mm -hmm. because I did not have the first, second, or third album. So for me, it was like, I thought it it started at Who's That Girl? And then I was like, oh, wait. There's other albums, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the similar experience. I I received the Like a Virgin album for my 13th birthday. I remember my friend Andrea bought it for me, and I only would listen to Dress You Up. That was the only song I would listen to, and I would just put the record away after hearing the song. And now I'm thinking back. I was like, I could have been like bopping along, you know, to Stay or Pretender or you know, Shooby Do over and over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> But I love to look at the record. I would just sit there and look at her in that underwear. <laughs> oh, especially when you had to flip it over and you had to flip it the mm-hmm. a certain way. You couldn't just flip it side to side. You had to flip it from top to bottom so that you could see the image on the back right side up. And and even then I knew that in the beginning she was before and at the end after. You know, when you flip it. Yeah. So she's dressed Ooh. like a virgin. On the other one, she's doing the walk of shame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no Not shame lost in her game. On me at all, exactly. Well, I want to kind of talk about the podcast MLBC. You guys have been doing it for four seasons now. Uh, so tell me. I know that you guys have have probably said this before on your podcast, but tell me how it started. What was the catalyst? What made you decide? Yes, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Can I start and then stuff and you follow? Totally. So we created this podcast out of a need for Madonna content. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I used to uh, Google app. I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. Uh, someone turned me on to podcasts when they're like, oh, Joan Rivers has a podcast. And that was all I needed <laughs> to hear, you know? And every week, I'm, I'm not joking, I would Google, I mean, not Google, but I would do a search on Apple Podcasts for Madonna and nothing would ever come up, you know? And I'm like, I just want to hear somebody talk about her, you know? And uh, I remember one night, this was after Stefan and I met at the Stephen at the Patrick Leonard show at Joe's Pub, which was w- quite an event, once in a lifetime, I would say. Uh, we, you know, we talked on the phone one night about Madonna's upcoming hashtag Magic album, and two hours later, uh, Stefan, you can take it from here. I mean, we decided, well, we just did a podcast, so why don't we just put this to tape, right? Yeah, it just sort of happened, kind of organically, where we, I mean, we had. Definitely both heard the Immaculate Podcast guys and heard what they were doing. And, but at the same time, we sort of felt like, well, there's room for more voices in the Madonna space. You know, it doesn't, it's not because there's one podcast doesn't mean there can't be multiple Madonna podcasts. And so we had done that temperature phone call. And after two hours, we were like, yeah, this could be the podcast. And, we had gone into it knowing that we didn't want to be more legacy oriented. You know, we wanted to sort of have a mix of admiring her past, but also sort of talking about her current, you know, antics and what she's, you know, doing right now, because, you know, Madonna has a current career. She's not, you know, just coasting off of her, you know, hits from the eighties. And, um, and we wanted to acknowledge that and honor that. And, yeah, and I mean, we've said it before. When we started podcasting, we had no idea what we were doing, and we sort of just were using each episode as our figuring it out, finding our voices, yeah. 
technically and um, emotionally. And it, it was, it was multiple times that Tony and I, I think every week, one of us would be threatening to quit and this it's over. We're, we're done with this. And we would just lift each other up and support each other and mm-hmm. be like, let's just keep going. Let's just, let's just keep dude. Let's do another episode. And if we can't get the sound right, then we'll quit. And um, yeah. And then while we're doing all this, Madame X starts to roll out. So we can't stop. We have to keep going, you know, because we need yeah. to kind of like see what's going to happen next. And, you know, another another thing I told Stefan when we were on that call, I was like, I want to have a platform for when the next Madonna comes album comes out. So we have people to kind of like revel in it with, you know, because I didn't feel that with MDNA or Rebel Heart. I felt like maybe the fans were kind of like, sep- you know all over the place but uh with madame x i mean we're all kind of on the same page like what's gonna happen what's this gonna be like and how will it happen you know well and i'll say i mean i have sort of joy i sort of latched myself onto the nlvc (laughs) podcast just because you know in 2018 i i was doing the same as tony was i was like where are the podcasts because i hadn't really been into podcasts up until that point but because i have this other sort of strange hobby, which is true crime. Um, I found that there were so many podcasts on true crime. And I was like, this is so great. You know, I bet you I could do a podcast. Why not? And then I thought, why not do it on Madonna? Because that's the subject that I know the best. And I think I had a lot of trouble sort of finding what I, how I wanted to do it. But I don't have real life, like, you know, in person living around me. Uh, Madonna fan friends now when you know the internet sort of was the advent of the internet in the late 90s that's when I started realizing oh there are others like me in the world who also are obsessed with this woman for you know for a reason they they can't quite put their finger on um and I wanted to talk about it with people but once you know you got the internet you could meet people through Facebook or through of course Icon I met a, a couple of people but I just was like, you know what, 2018, I'm just going to start my own podcast. I started it and um, I think I had like maybe two and I really, like I said, didn't know where to go. I started with kind of like her history and then I realized it costs money to do a podcast. And I also, <laughs> I, I had a, um, I had a, the very first interview I was going to do was uh, with um, the Breakfast Club movie that the director guy, I'm blanking on his last name at the moment, but. And he was totally down. He was like, yeah, send me some questions. We'll, and then I don't know what happened. He um, wasn't, this was prior to the film's release. And I think he wasn't quite ready yet. I had just sort of, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, like a Madonna vampire. I'm sucking literally every bit of news. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll just try that guy. And Stefan knows, right. And this is probably why I sympathize so much with, with the MLBC podcast was to get a guest is really difficult, especially to get guests who have worked with or have, you know, some notoriety, I guess is the best way to put that. Yeah. I think that's a good transition into like some of your guests that you've had. And I want to ask you about a few of them. You've interviewed almost all the dancers from Wanda Mission Tour, almost all the dancers from the Girly Show, Nikki and Donna. Hold on. I made a list. <laughs> James Foley, Guy Sigsworth, Edward Russell from Inside the Groove, Lucy O'Brien, Vincent Patterson, Sarah Hudson, Ingrid Chavez, like so many. And Nadia Ginsburg and her brilliant impression of Madonna. 
Um, <laughs> and Kylie Dean, another one of Madonna's background singers. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, what was that process like to decide, you know what, I'm going to reach out to this person just to see if they'll come on. And then once you did, like, was it you reached out to everyone at once and then they are all started getting back to you one by one? Or is like, let's start with this person first and then we'll see who else we can get. Uh, well, Tony and I had, when we started the show, we knew after like two episodes that we wanted to start interviewing people because from a personal perspective, we just figured this is going to get tired if we just keep talking about favorite videos or favorite music or like it would get boring to us. And then we thought, well, it might get boring to the audience as well. So what if we interviewed people? But during the first season, because we were figuring things out, we wanted to make sure that we got the sound, you know, really good. And we got the format Mm -hmm. down and we got, you know, our voice as a podcaster figured out before we ever approached anybody quote unquote famous in the Madonna world. So we figured let's start bringing on super fans, fans that have, you know, been touring around the world following Madonna or whose lives have been impacted from Madonna. And so we started there to sort of help build our skills as interviewers. And then once we were comfortable with that and knowing that we could run the format of the show as, you know, as interviewers, we thought, okay, let's start seeing who we can get by chance the Nikki and Donna show that happened in Brooklyn prior to the opening of the Madame X tour was happening. And Guillermo Diaz, who is an actor in film and TV, mm-hmm. he's a huge Madonna fan. And because he met Madonna on Ellen and then because I danced with Madonna in Philadelphia, him and I had been chatting on Twitter. So we each followed each other and when he found out about the Nikki and Donna show, he happened to be in New York the same weekend, but the tickets were all sold out. And I messaged him and said, I happen to know the owner of the bar. Do you want me to put you on the list? And he's like, uh, yeah. And so because I got him into the show as a thank you, he was like, all right, fine. I'll do your show. I'll do your podcast. Cause I'd been bugging him for months <laughs> And so he agreed. And I think once you get one person who's somewhat famous to do a podcast, it gives your show a bit of legitimacy and and heft. And so I was able to use that as leverage to then start reaching out to other people. And by no means is guest outreach simple. I do it constantly all the time. And for every famous Madonna person that we've had on the show, I've had like 20 rejections from other people. (laughs) And like, you know, like if they're not on the show from Blonde Ambition or Girly Show, it's because they've either said no or we haven't gotten a response from them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not for lack of trying. I mean, I've tried every single dancer from every single show. Um, You know, it's just some people want to do it and other people don't. I mean, it's uh, the pandemic was very helpful for our yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was going to say, I mean, once uh, we went into lockdown, then everyone that we ended up speaking to was very amenable to, you know, giving us an hour of their time because what were they doing at home? Nothing, right? Right. So um, we kind of capitalized on that and um, we 
rode that wave, didn't we, Stefan? <laughs> yeah, because like I said, once you get somebody, so like once we were on lockdown and we were able to get Lewis and Kevin Stay and Nikki and Donna. Oliver. And all Oliver. Like all of a sudden you start, it's like a tidal wave, you know, like, yeah. oh, hey, Nikki, we would you be able to mention to some of the other dancers that, you know, like we're going to reach out to them and vouch for us? And so it's sort of like, it's like a, a little game of telephone where suddenly some people are like, yeah, go on their show. They're fine. They're, you know, they're good guys and so forth and so on. Um I mean, I'm still always amazed whenever we get anybody. Le- I mean, most recently when we were able to get Breakfast Club and Stephen Bray on the show, oh I was like, God. oh, my God. I, I just could not believe that I was, you know, anytime like I get, I, I mean, I email these people. I track down emails or I just message them on social media or like wherever I can find. Sometimes I pay to like message a database that I can, you know, it's, I don't know how it happens. And then, or a manager or a IMDB pro or whatever it is. And when I get an email back and I'm like, I, sometimes I don't believe it's them. Like with Liberty, uh, her and I, we interviewed James Foley who directed Madonna and who's that girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, literally up until he logged on, I was like, I think we're being catfished. <laughs> I just didn't I, believe it was him. I was like, why are these people spending time with us on I the know. show? And James Foley was the best man at Madonna's wedding. So it's like, yeah. hi, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I remember thinking like, oh no, it definitely is him. I saw him in his kitchen before on a different interview, so it's definitely, it's definitely, it's not a deep fake or That's anything like that. You guys it's are like side deal. messaging. It's him. It's really him. Yeah. yeah. No. Seriously. <laughs> for real. But Wayne, yeah. I think for I think for all of us, uh, one of the the greatest things about getting to interview these people is to ask them questions that we've always had on our minds, and also in in yes. many cases to set the the record straight because there's a lot of, um, you know, misinformation and, you know, folklore uh, surrounding Madonna and her early years. And a lot of these guests have come on and, and set the record straight. And I'm really proud of that, that we actually have this record of, of, you know, of what actually happened in those, in those moments. Who, who like is your dream guest? Maybe you reached out to him. Maybe you haven't yet. I don't want you to give anything away if you have anything planned for your upcoming season. Oh, no. But I just wanted to, I just, who, who's like your, I have a list of people that I want to ask you about. So tell, I have a you tell me so, who have you tried to reach out to. Okay, my dream guest is John Draper, and he very politely declined. <laughs> and um, he was very nice. You know, he told me, I just, I've moved on with my life. I don't want to talk about that chapter anymore, but it was a great experience. Goodbye. And I'm like, John Draper, damn it. Ugh. And then the other one is Mary Paul, who I was in contact with because uh, where I used to work, we did an event with her, but she wanted to be paid a lot of money. Um, of course. And it would have been a great conversation, but once someone asked for money, Stefan and I decide that that's just not the direction we want to go in. You know. So you've not yeah. had to pay anybody. Absolutely not. No, we don't no. have budget to pay people. This is no. Sometimes when <laughs> well, that's what I assumed. Would... Yeah. No. I mean, Stefan, right? I mean, when we recorded at Chandelier or when we recorded at my apartment, we would offer them water. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the best tap water from New York. Yeah. You know? Well, I was I was very surprised that well, it's surprising to hear that Nikki and Donna didn't request any payment because I remember when they were cut, trying to put together their album and they did like a, a crowdsourcing thing um there was one on there for like 
private performance, $25,000. And that doesn't include airfare or accommodations. And I was like, wow, if they got, if they got Nikki and Donna on their podcast, they must've had to, to unload some coin on them. But it's, it's actually refreshing to hear that, you know, they actually wanted to talk with you and tell and, and tell their story yeah. about, you know, well, working with I, again, Adon. I think it also, it's helpful. You know, I was able to go and meet them in person at their show in Brooklyn and because I had sort of reached out to them prior to that, they knew who I was. So sort of meeting them in person gave them the the confidence to know, oh, okay, he's not some crazy person. And having danced on stage with Madonna has been helpful too. You know, like that's sort of been like, oh, well, if he's okay dancing on stage with Madonna, it's okay to talk to him. You know, he's not some like loon crazy sitting in a room just like worshiping at an altar of Madonna. Mm-hmm. So... I think that sort of, and again, like Tony said, the lockdown, you know, people were bored. They had nothing to do. And so just the fact that, and also I think, and this is a a testament to, to the show and, and what we've tried to do is we're not salacious and slagging her off and asking for gossip. Like none of, I say that in all my guest outreach to anyone that I ever approach, I was like, to be clear, we are not after gossip about Madonna because I think a lot of people think that that's, oh, they're they're just trying to get the behind the scenes story. What's she like, but you know, when when they're not on, and I'm like, I, we're not interested in that. We don't. That's not why we're doing the show. We don't, no. you know, like yeah. what, what she does in her personal life is her thing. We, we're here to celebrate her art and her artistry. Yeah, yeah, and to see what where these people were uh, during this like very unique time in their lives you know yeah and i think what i get out of when i listen to your show is the fact that i get to hear their journey and their experience with it so i mean it's yeah it's madonna related there may be um, a quote or two that madonna advice that they got from her or something that they learned from madonna but at the same time it's it's really more about them and i think that's that's refreshing to hear is that it's their journey Mm mm-hmm yeah, because they they have work too. Oftentimes they are artists in their own right. And because, you know, like I learned with, for example, Vincent Patterson, how little credit really the man has gotten for for the work he's done, not just with Madonna, but with Michael Jackson as well, that mm-hmm. um, there should be a recognition because these these behind the scenes people oftentimes are responsible for some of the most poignant parts of that artist's career, um, which I was blissfully unaware of, you know, for, for lack of a better way to explain that. I I just had no idea. I really think, you know, it's like, it's easy to think of Madonna or, or let's say even Michael Jackson as sort of this wizard and they're behind a curtain and then they're like, I shall unveil now my crotch grab and it will change the world. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's not just their idea. There's often someone behind right. who who puts together some of these really pinnacle moments of the of that artist's career. It's important to honor them because mm-hmm. they work really hard. And I've always been fascinated with how does a regular person, a seemingly regular person, end up in that world? Because I I always wanted that for myself, but I never had the ambition or the belief in myself. I think so. I'm always fascinated by those stories. Absolutely. I'm going to list off a couple of guests and I want you to tell me if you have either tried to reach out to them or maybe it's someone you have in the works. <laughs> Chris Chacon. He's not speaking. 
Unless you listen to his audiobook. Well, yeah, and you know, I mean, I, I've, I've was on someone else's podcast discussing his book, and um, I don't know, stuff in, I, I don't feel the need to speak to him, to be honest. Yeah, know? I Outside think sometimes... of talking about designing the Blonde Ambition and Girly Show tour, I really don't want to know what he thinks of a sister. You know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of that is also like when we do guest outreach very early on, Tony and I would like, who do we want to talk to? Who should we approach? Mm-hmm. And her brother never sort of popped up because I think yeah. that sort of crosses over into like, that's the world salacious. of scandal. That's the yeah. salacious yes. interview. And it, it's like, maybe if we wanted to go TMZ, we, we could, but yeah, we've never sort of approached it. Yeah. That's fair. Also very personal. I mean, the, the things, who knows, Chris could talk about something that, you know, maybe uh-huh. it's better for us not to know. Yeah. Not, We're on know. her side, not his. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Madonna. Um, Erica Bell. We try. Uh, yeah, we try a lot. I she has never replied yes or no. She just doesn't. She doesn't reply. She doesn't follow up. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah Parson. Oh, I don't know if I know who that is. Yeah, tell us. The other background singer from Who's That Girl tour. Oh, the one who fades into I the have... background. I have not. T- no, I didn't. I don't even think I. And I, you know uh, what's funny is when we spoke to Nikki and Donna separately about uh, that tour, they always kind of mentioned another singer, but they never used her name. Remember, Stefan? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, remember, there was another girl there. Uh, Nikki <laughs> came in after the fact. Yeah, go go yeah. back and listen to that episode. But yeah, yeah, um, she, yeah she was never uh, addressed by her name, so we didn't know. Hmm. It's like when Sahita Garrett referred to Donna DeLore as that other singer. Right. Are you guys familiar with that interview? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mama Makeup, Sharon Gold. We have, yes. Uh, yeah. no, re- no reply. And plus, I think that also borders on Salacious as well, you know? Yeah, and, and also, I, I, one, it could be that there are, you know, I, I always say a lot of times people are not getting back to us, not because they're terrible people, but because we don't have like billboard magazine or entertainment weekly as a masthead on our you know or on our signature and so for them there's not a benefit because there's no real mass pr effect for them to be on the show true true all right i'll do one more jerry hyden yeah we i think i know she retired um i have done some research on her last year remember uh stefan uh, I think I sent you some links, but um, yeah, she's, they're not, it's her and her husband and they're not really doing any work. I think they're just retired and they're just having, they're living their best life. Are they life, retired you know? now? I thought they were running their own company. Oh, okay. Well. Their own then, design company. Then, yeah, then, then that, that must be what they're doing. The two that I feel like that got away from us is, uh, you know, Stefan was reaching out to, um, the name just escaped my mind. Uh, each time you break my heart, what's his name? Oh, Nick, Nick Kamen's. Yeah. Oh. So I was going to say, uh, Stefan was, had been reaching out to Nick Kamen's people and also to Shabadoo's people. Uh, yes. And sadly, before we were able to, you know, get anything, you know, in the books, they both passed away. So I feel like those two would have been nice to, to talk to. 
Yeah. Um, that, th- those were those were sad almost i was like oh we were so close to being yeah. like the last people to speak to them and it just didn't happen mm-hmm. oh uh, so i will say one person i have incessantly tried to get on the show and it just not never happens is uh dj junior vasquez uh mm, I, yes I, it is i i've tried and tried and tried and he's just apparently too busy <laughs> uh the other person who i got a flat out no from which I've expressed my disdain and uh, disheartened expression uh, was Haviland Morris, who played Wendy Worthington on Who's That Girl. <laughs> I would love to speak to Haviland Morris about too. her, about that character, because I'm obsessed with Wendy Worthington from Who's That Girl and her people. I mean, literally, there's no way they even asked her. Like, no. they, it was like her. I emailed them, and within like five minutes, her team was like. Sorry, this is not something no. she's interested in. And I like she sells back. real estate now, right? Yeah, and I push. Well, she does that, and I think she's on Law and Order SVU every yeah. now and again. And but I pushed back, saying, "Well, hey, we're doing a 35th anniversary episode to honor who's that girl. If she'd want to include like an audio message that she could send." And literally, it was like I pushed sent, and the reply was like, "Absolutely not." And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Fine. Oh, I Wendy Wartington. <laughs> you know, but it's like I, I, again, I think sometimes if you're not reaching out to the person themselves, you're meet, you're you're sending it to these like PR or eight, you know, manage assistant to the manager of some company who they don't even know who the guests that we've had on the show are. Like it means mm-hmm. nothing to them. They're 22. They have no idea barely who Madonna is. So mm-hmm. for them, they're right. just like, no, we're not interested. You know, whereas mm-hmm. like. If I was able to corner Wendy Worthington at an open house on the Upper East Side, I'd be like, Wendy, can, you know, can we have you on the show? <laughs> I know. I you know. should do that. You Trust should. Me, I know. I've one, totally go it. to one of our open houses. <laughs> I've looked into it. So I know one guest that Liberty and Stefan and I would love to talk to is Julie Brown, who did Medusa. She's a comedian. And yes. we have reached out to her. I reached out to her as well through one of her friends. But she's doing her own podcast, and she's also yeah. been doing – YouTube videos of, you know, making fun of Madonna as of late. So I think that she wants to keep it in her lane. And I totally respect mm-hmm. that. I love her. And hopefully one day we will get to talk to her. Right. See, and that's that's a very good point, Tony. So like when I went to the Madonna roller skating party over the summer and um, I met Nile Rogers and I gave him the podcast business card and took a selfie and I was, I reached out to his people, but his he runs a, like a serious radio program mm-hmm. and sometimes the the contract specifies that they can't yeah. do a show a because non-compete. it's in direct yeah it's a it's a non-compete clause in their contract so they just physically can't so you do i think with the guests you run into a lot of that where it's either a they i mean i reached out to a dancer uh from a madonna a couple of madonna tours and he was worried that it would be violating his NDA that he signed when he, so it's like, right. there's a myriad of things that people sort of, you know, the non-compete clauses, NDAs, they just don't want to, they're not getting paid. Like, you know, so for the people who have been on the show, I'm forever grateful for them donating their time, donating their stories, sharing that with us because it's literally just a virtual yeah. thank you you know, for, from us to them, there's. And, and helping Absolutely. to create an oral history that maybe mm-hmm. didn't exist before in this format, you know? Yeah. Those, those people, they see the vision. I think they see, if you take a step back and you look at it from a larger perspective, it's, 
it's about the world around Madonna and the people mm-hmm. that have sort of helped this legend be who she is. And I would say, you know, fans of the podcast or listeners of the podcast, thank you as well, because you you've literally kind of answered our, our our prayers, so to speak, about being able to have these conversations with these people that have worked so closely and that we've kind of grown to admire over the years as fans. Well, thank yeah. you. And I also love how you know, our podcast and the podcast that preceded us, Immaculate Podcast, has inspired other shows like yours. You know, now when you Google, you know, when you go into Apple Podcasts and you search Madonna, there is, it's an embarrassment of riches and I couldn't be happier, you know, because that's what I wanted, you know. I selfishly wanted my <laughs> my pick, you know, and now I have. And, and each show is unique in its own way and brings something different, you know, to the fan. And I love that. So thank you, Wayne. Thank you. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it's it's helped to sort of elevate podcasting for people who pri- who previously, because I think this, this was a roadblock in my mind when I wanted to start a Madonna podcast, was I thought, who's going to want to hear me talking about her when they could just go turn on her record or watch a YouTube video or something? What do I have to say of value, you know, that people don't already know? But I think I failed to recognize that the most important thing about Madonna is sort of a, a bringing people together in a cause that obviously we respect Madonna because we like that, you know, she's never been a, you know, she doesn't really take things lying down, so to speak, right? She's always got something to say. Uh, she taught us to use our voice, to speak up and to believe in ourselves, but also sometimes as a Madonna fan, it feels lonely in the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. because it's it's hard to be a fan of someone that m- most of the world doesn't understand in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so these little connections yeah. with other fans and with the people who've worked with her are they mean the world to us as fans because we can we can go through our daily lives and be like I just wish I had someone to text about the new um and it's ridiculous right it's just did you see her post what in the world like you know sometimes it's just that or or sometimes like oh the fierce the outfit the the looks and 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 we can chat we can chat about it we can have someone to sort of connect with so that's the most important well add me to your group chat because (laughs) i'd love to be a part of that Absolutely. No, I I love the sense of community that we've all created. Um, I know um, Wayne and Stefan, especially in the last few months with different Madonna events in New York City, you guys can attest to how powerful that is. I mean, I'm sure people walked up to both of you and said like, oh, my God, you know, and and that that's something that we all created, you know. Well, yeah, not me. Yeah. No one walked up to me. Said, oh, oh, I know you. Stop it. Totally. <laughs> I saw you. You were all over the place. At Paparazzi pictures even. all over that Finally Enough Love party. Uh-huh. So, of course, they, they couldn't get rid of you. One... You were there. You were closing this shit down. Yeah. I literally said, oh, I'm going to take off. But I, I just kept circling around. I was by myself. You know, saw Lourdes dancing with her friends on the other side of the catwalk. It was great. And again, I have Stefan to thank for that. But also that kind of goes back to having being able to build this broader community. Cause I think the internet in a way separated us physically from getting together yeah. and bringing it more in a virtual space. Um, but you know, I like you Liberty didn't have any Madonna friends growing up. So 
when I finally met one in person who lives in my own hometown, it was very enlightening. And to make that decision, hey, let's do a podcast together. And of course, they turned me down, but said they would come on for a couple episodes. Um, so and then having that conversation just kind of inspired me. And then like you, I've tried to get I tried to just get like fans that just want to come on and talk about it. You don't know how many people have ghosted me, started to say, yeah, I'll come on. And then never hear anything back from them. I'll see that they read the message and they don't respond to me. And I'm like, shit, now I got to do this episode alone. And, and that kind of, you know, stirs up the, <laughs> stirs up the, the whole, like, man, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It's, it's very helpful to hear you guys say that because um, understanding kind of like the, the difficulties of running a podcast, um, but also hearing the rewarding aspects of it too is yeah very um, good to hear. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because I, you know, I had a pretty challenging year this, you know, the last 12 months have been, you know, a lesson in the humility for me. But Stefan has, you know, I told him I had to take a little bit of a step back. Stefan took over and went full throttle with this podcast. I have to give it up to him and Liberty because they took it in a different direction, yet maintained the integrity of the original format. And now we have a show that's fun and informative and we can go back and forth with that. And um, I, I wanted to, to put that out there and, and say thanks to you guys for keeping the podcast going. And I'm excited for what happens in the next season because uh, now we're all we're all kind of working together, you know. Yeah. That that was uh, that was a scary moment, I think, for me personally, when and through no fault of anyone's, you know, I mean, we all have shit that goes down in life. Uh, you know, like my last 12 months has not been a, a, a cake ride either. And, but I think the podcast has sort of been a centering thing for me where it's like, if I, let, if I let go of the podcast, I don't know what myself would be at right now. And yeah. when Tony said he had to take a break, I thought, you know what, I have to keep doing this for me, myself, for my soul and have the creative output. And I just was like okay well we'll figure it out and i had an interview <laughs> scheduled and i was like liberty can you hop on real quick and it was like within an hour and she did and we just sort of trial by fire and you know when when something happens you just sort of you know you step up to the plate or you get out of the ballpark type of thing yeah. you know and you do yeah. something else you do your eyebrows you know exactly <laughs> and, and and what i really love is i love hearing liberty on the show i love her bringing her female perspective which is important because this can't Amen. just be a bunch of gays cackling you know <laughs> yeah yeah um you know madonna fans are legion you know they're they're all shapes and sizes all walks of life and my first madonna fan friends were all girls and that was the perspective that i was all, also kind of missing and i'm so happy that liberty is here to represent the latest thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you you know i'll say this i think that the the madonna fan world can be a little intimidating right so you go to a show in your outfit you worked really hard to put together and oftentimes i'm i'm going alone because especially my first show drowned world tour i was by myself i remember i flew to atlanta to see it thinking like Oh, this is, you know, all of all of the things I have done in my life have led me to this point. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, I thought, oh, well, I'm just going to make friends there because there's going to be others like like myself. Um, but then you get there and you realize, like, well, there's a lot of people with way better outfits, and, <laughs> you know, better seats. And, and, and then and then I start to realize that there are other people who are paying to see like every show thinking to myself, like, 
how do I get that life? Or does it make me not as good of a fan because I don't do that? Those are some things I have had to reconcile with. But because I've because I've been so welcomed into the MLVC podcast family, I guess, um, I felt that I do have a place and that I am, I do belong here. And it was, that's big, 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 big shoes to fill for, you know, coming and, and helping when Tony had to be out. Sometimes I thought like, I, I don't know if I'm good enough for this, but. Uh, Stop. Not, I, replacing. <laughs> not replacing. Not replacing. I just have a different perspective and I yeah. bring something different uh tony is the fact person he knows things that i'm like huh did that happen i don't <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember uh you know but I, I, and that's okay you. too that's okay yeah. too it's okay if you don't remember everything because uh, th- i'm i'm Cause sure a fan will definitely point it out if you got oh, something God. wrong Seriously. oh yeah so <laughs> you yeah. forgot to mention that or, oh and the one thing you know we all know in the moment sometimes you're recording stuff and no matter how much prep you put into the show sometimes you miss a detail or forget something that happened and i think the most the most recent fact that i got wrong was uh when madonna bleached her eyebrows just recently and i had said oh we haven't seen bleached eyebrow madonna since the erotica era of course i forgot that she had done that during the drowned world tour but you know in Mm. the moment i had wasn't thinking about the drown world tour i was so obsessed with her dita look coming back again because it was more dita than it yeah. looked like it was less drown world tour yeah. and somebody you know message you know that wasn't the last time it was in drown world tour it's like you know, it's, <laughs> it's a criminal it's, offense it's, it's more the tone that bothers me more than anything it's like look i get it we're all people you know but like why do they have to be so snarky about it like yeah. Just, well, that's the, that's the culture social media has created for us. Yeah. Criticize, criticize, criticize. Yeah. When they when they produce their Madonna podcast, then I'll uh... exactly. You'll return the favor. Uh huh. No, <laughs> see, I don't. That's, that's, that's the thing. thing. I would never call somebody out on that. Like, I would just be like, oh, I get it because I know what it's like. You know, like same thing. We get so many messages and comments why didn't you ask nikki harris about this i can't believe you didn't ask them about that and i'm like people you've clearly never interviewed somebody because you have to read the room you know like if they're going down this road no matter how much you want to ask them about something follow them down and other times it's like well you've clearly not read the other 15 interviews they've done about this exact thing i'm not going to ask them about that topic again you know it's just pointless Anyway, I digress. And I think when you when you don't have the experience of, of doing a podcast or, or doing interviews or anything like that, I think you you kind of think it's easier than what it is because I think I used to be a little bit more critical when I was listening even to you guys or another um, Madonna podcast, and I'm like, oh wait, but didn't that happen then or that or maybe they're talking and I start overthinking it in my head and I'm like, now that I've been doing it, <laughs> I'm I'm definitely more sympathetic. And I'm also, you know, uh, I realize that I may not be the expert. I don't know all these details and you don't have to. I'm sure someone else does and I don't have to. And I avoid talking about the things that I don't have the most amount of knowledge on. And that's why I bring guests on because you know what, maybe they know and they could fill me in. Yeah. Or you just basically, I mean, you, you, you can admit it's okay not to know something. It's, it's like hard. We, we tend to be a little hard on ourselves, not, not being instantly mm-hmm. able to, give the facts about something but really and truly like 
there was a time when we couldn't just instantly Google literally everything at, you know, oh, you know, right. what year did that happen? Oh, let me just find out right this second because we need to <laughs> right. know or else we will not be able to go on with our evening. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, I know we're coming up on time, but I did want to ask one little thing because you guys have a little segment on your show called The Lightning Round. Oh. And I wanted to flip it on you guys because I – I know that you guys do it with a lot of your guests, but I don't hear you guys do it with yourselves very often anymore. So I want to hear you tell me your favorite Madonna song that you're into right now. Go Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, actually, I've been meaning to listen to, because uh, I recently listened to your episode on American Life and uh, Easy Ride specifically. Mm. I've been meaning to re-listen mm. to that song. So Easy Ride, that's kind of on That's my- a good one on my radar right now i've rediscovered crave and i've been listening to that a lot lately mm. and who knew right <laughs> album version uh yes and also um for some reason you hear the tracy young dangerous mix a lot here in san francisco just randomly i've heard it out in like on the street and coming out oh, of wow. cars i've heard it at the hotel i've heard it um at a cafe so it's like well maybe they like her here you know (laughs) (laughs) i'll go with the spotlight version of over and over just because that's what i've been hung up on yes (laughs) (laughs) all right music video power goodbye Uh, power goodbye yeah that one's good um uh stefan you go i have to think bad girl (laughs) yeah ah excellent choice she needs to work with david fincher again uh, yes. Amen. Yeah, I've been thinking about Express Yourself. Mm-hmm. I think My it was the, favorite um, video. The licking of the uh, the I Want to Be Your Dog little post that she did, where she uh. kind of goes, and, you know, has the yeah. little, the cat sort of slink so polarizing, you know, to imitate an animal and the world loses their shit. You know? <laughs> I know. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, favorite tour, and yes, Stefan, it can be one that you've been in. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know it's it's yeah. Uh I will have to say Drown World Tour just because that to me I don't know why that tour resonates so heavily with me, but it just does. It, it always always it's a good and one. forever will be probably my favorite. For me it's got to be Blonde Ambition. It was such a formative experience. It was such an exciting weekend because we were in Houston, the first date in the US. MTV mm-hmm. came to our town. Wow. It, I it was almost like, you know, the circus came to town, y'all, and um I'll never <laughs> forget that weekend. Never forget it. Yeah, I'm going to concur with the Stefan Drown World Tour. That was my first live experience with Madonna and you can't top it. You cannot top your first live experience no, no matter if you've been front row yeah. um because after that, every, every, everything after that is just gravy, really. It's just yeah. This, yeah. you pop your cherry and you're just, you know, like. Yes, you're like, I, all right, I got this. You're right. Every pop show you see after that, you're sitting there or you're standing there and wishing, I wish I were watching Madonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. essentially. Like this person could never. They could never. <laughs> all right. Favorite look? I will say purple dress on the stairs in the Versace campaign oh, yes. where she's upside down with the oh. apple. It's so good. That's so good. Uh, yeah, fucking Mar-a-Lago. I hate that. I hate that she was for, there doing that. For me, it's always going to be the like a prayer, black hair, cemetery photo shoot with Herbert. Love, love, love. 
I just love that short, curly, blonde, uh, blonde ambition, but just like not actually blonde ambition, just sort of outside of that, where it's all about right here, this curly blonde, and she's out and about with Sandra Bernhardt all the time. And Mm -hmm. I just, that look, there's something so carefree about it that, uh, and, but also sort of clat the eyebrow the way that mm-hmm. her, i just can't even perfection tell you, just so many yes the leather coat I've, with a cut off cut off yes jeans. i even yes. i even painted some cutoffs at that age just like those because i was like i didn't fit oh. in them but i painted them anyway because <laughs> i wanted to have them all right last so question cute. and i'll be quick favorite guest that you've had on the show and yes it can be one that i've been on <laughs> <laughs> I'm well kidding. we love you wayne um for <laughs> But um, I will say that I loved having Oliver on the show and he kind of redeemed himself once again after Strike a Pose. Mm-hmm. And that was a very touching moment. And yes, I did cry. Not oh. not uncommon. Tony Tony cries at all the, at all the guests. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I've loved everyone that we've had on the show. I mean, I think most recently, just having Stephen Bray on the show and having, yeah. Yeah. having had a relationship with him and some, he felt like, uh, an old friend that we yeah. we've known forever. It just it was weird being able to. He was so personal and personable and friendly and just comfortable to have to talk to. It was very strange how he's just a wonderful man, and I, I loved his generosity. And I mean, he even agreed to come back and do a separate interview yeah. because we had more questions. I was like, okay, aren't you working? <laughs> You know, but he was just generous and I loved it. Yeah, I know. Indulging me in all my baby love questions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me, it was very humbling to speak with Vincent Patterson. Mm. I mean, James Foley was was, you know, that was probably, you know, the most the most famous people that I've had the opportunity. But Vincent Patterson opened my eyes in a lot of ways. I mean, I read his book as well, but 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 not knowing the 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 things he's responsible for I guess like I said I just sort of lived in this like what what you see is what you get sort of it's all Madonna's ideas it's all you know everything was her uh design she's the one and I know she's the final boss so to speak right but he has so much input Vincent Patterson on on particularly Blonde Ambition Tour, but also even with working uh, with her in Evita, I thought that was right. really, a, it was really interesting and things that I just didn't know. So um, I was, I was very enlightened after that. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for coming on the show. I want to congratulate you on the podcast. I can't wait to hear what's upcoming in the fifth season. Um, we'll all just have to, to hang on the Wayne, edge of our seats. Wayne, I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret. We have no idea. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just. Kidding. Well, I won't. I won't put that in because I want. I want. I want you guys to have some mystique. Um, <laughs> but I can give you my ideas. I'll, I'll send you a list of people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all of the ones you listed, I, I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh okay. One day. I also maybe, want... maybe one day. Maybe one day we can get Monty. Or that Zebra lady, you know. <laughs> the Deborah lady, <laughs> that other singer. <laughs> well, thank you guys again. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and thank I look you, forward Wayne. to staying in contact with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Wayne. I feel an- I see another crossover in our future. Don't worry. Yes. If you guys need another guest to start off your season, I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm available. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Make himself available. Yes.
Please be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the Madonna Get Together on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna Get Together. Until then, my beautiful strangers.